the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bible, a collection of 66 different books by around 40 different authors from many different backgrounds. There were kings and shepherds, soldiers, fishermen, doctors, poets and farmers. Some were young, some old, some rich, and some poor. And they wrote, each reflecting his own personality and style from a wide variety of life circumstances. All the way from palace thrones and bedrooms to the dungeons down in the palace basement. From seashores to mountaintops. And to the backsides of dry desert wastelands. In their books, the writers issued hundreds of specific future prophecies, all perfectly fulfilled or awaiting fulfillment. And they discuss every aspect of human life, hundreds of complicated and controversial topics. And yet, there is a unity and consistency of message in the Bible, from start to finish, that is nothing short of miraculous. Throughout history and today, millions of people around the globe call this book the Holy Bible, the very Word of God. It claims to be a self-revelation of the Supreme Being, the Creator Himself, stepping out of eternity into time and space to tell us and show us what He is like and to let us know His plan for our lives here on earth and in the hereafter. The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar is your chance to actually hear, discuss, and decide for yourself about this book, the Bible. Stay tuned, and at the very least, you'll hear the beauty, wisdom, romance, adventure, and intrigue of the world's greatest literature, the best-selling, most translated book of all history. But more importantly, God himself just might speak to your heart and change your life forever. Now, here's the host of The Bible Live, Sophie Dollar. Very good evening to you, everyone. Thanks for joining us tonight. As we start a brand new book, we finished up the Gospel of John on our last program, and now we come to a time to go back to the Hebrew Scriptures, back to the Old Testament. As you know, many of you who follow the broadcast, we alternate back and forth from the Old to the New. We have finished a season in the New Testament with the Gospel of John. Now we turn back to the old Hebrew Scriptures to the books of First and Second Kings. We have already read First and Second Samuel, the great transition personality, Samuel, who took the people of Israel from the time of the judges into the time of the monarchy. Already we have read about the first two kings, Saul of the tribe of Benjamin and David then of Judah. One thing we've seen all along is constant, constant, bickering between the tribes of the north and the tribes of the south around Jerusalem. Constant bickering, constant warfare, constant competition and resentment. I don't know where this all comes from. Maybe I don't understand the dynamic well enough of Jacob with Rachel and Leah, the two wives, and they both had different concubines. When you have a family that came out of that type of situation, maybe we don't realize the kind of resentments that are built up got a lot to learn as we try to delve into the mindset and to the experience of these men and women of the Scripture. We'll be picking up on First and Second Kings. We'll make our way through both of them. 
It won't take us, I think, but about um, three weeks through the books of First and Second Kings, and then we'll go back to the New Testament and pick up again there with the the book of the Acts of the Apostles or the Acts of the Holy Spirit. So that's our reading schedule for the next few weeks. But as you know, we always make our way through the Psalms and the Proverbs as well. And now we come to Psalm 67, talking about joy coming from spreading the news about God around the world. Psalm 67. May God be merciful and bless us. May His face shine with favor upon us. May your ways be known throughout the earth, your saving power among people everywhere. May the nations praise you, O God. Yes, may all the nations praise you. How glad the nations will be, singing for joy, because you govern them with justice and direct the actions of the whole world. May the nations praise you, O God. Yes, may all the nations praise you. Then the earth will yield its harvests, and God, our God, will richly bless us. Yes, God will bless us, and people all over the world will fear Him. End of reading Psalm 67. Where would I be if you had not been by my side? How could I rise to meet the morning of the day? You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Yes, you are. <laughs> That's right. The Lord is good all the time. Let's turn now in our Bibles to the book of 1 Kings. That's where we're picking up tonight. If you are joining us for the very first time for the Bible Live broadcast, come on in and just stay with us and listen every evening as we hear the entire Bible. Not just little snippets here and there. Let's read the entire Bible together. We start with the book of 1 Kings, and this, of course, has to do with Solomon now becoming the king of Israel following his father David. 1 Kings 1, 1 through 315. 1 Kings 1. Now King David was very old, and no matter how many blankets covered him, he could not keep warm. So his advisors told him, We will find a young virgin who will wait on you and be your nurse. She will lie in your arms and keep you warm. So they searched throughout the country for a beautiful girl, and they found Abishag from Shunem and brought her to the king. The girl was very beautiful, and she waited on the king and took care of him. But the king had no sexual relations with her. About that time, David's son Adonijah, whose mother was Haggith, decided to make himself king in place of his aged father. So he provided himself with chariots and horses and recruited 50 men to run in front of him. Now his father, King David, had never disciplined him at any time, even by asking, What are you doing? Adonijah was a very handsome man and had been born next after Absalom. Adonijah took Joab, son of Zeruiah, and Abiathar the priest into his confidence, and they agreed to help him become king. But among those who remained loyal to David and refused to support Adonijah were Zadok the priest, Benaiah son of Jehoiada, Nathan the prophet, Shimei, Rei, and David's personal bodyguard. Adonijah went to the stone of Zoholeth near the spring of Enrogel, where he sacrificed sheep, oxen, and fatted calves. He invited all his brothers, the other sons of King David, and all the royal officials of Judah. 
But he did not invite Nathan the prophet, or Benaiah, or the king's bodyguard, or his brother Solomon. Then Nathan the prophet went to Bathsheba, Solomon's mother, and asked her, Did you realize that Haggith's son Adonijah has made himself king, and that our Lord David doesn't even know about it? If you want to save your own life and the life of your son Solomon, follow my counsel. Go at once to King David and say to him, My Lord, didn't you promise me that my son Solomon would be the next king and would sit upon your throne? Then why has Adonijah become king? And while you are still talking with him, I will come and confirm everything you have said. So Bathsheba went into the king's bedroom. He was very old now, and Abishag was taking care of him. Bathsheba bowed low before him. What can I do for you? he asked her. My lord, you vowed to me by the Lord your God that my son Solomon would be the next king and would sit on your throne. But instead, Adonijah has become the new king, and you do not even know about it. He has sacrificed many oxen, fatted calves, and sheep, and he has invited all your sons and Abiathar the priest and Joab the commander of the army. But he did not invite your servant Solomon. And now, my lord the king, all Israel is waiting for your decision as to who will become king after you. If you do not act, my son Solomon and I will be treated as criminals as soon as you are dead. While she was still speaking with the king, Nathan the prophet arrived. The king's advisers told him, Nathan the prophet is here to see you. Nathan went in and bowed low before the king. He asked, My lord, have you decided that Adonijah will be the next king and that he will sit on your throne? Today he has sacrificed many oxen, fattened calves, and sheep, and he has invited your sons to attend a celebration. He also invited Joab, the commander of the army, and Abiathar, the priest. They are feasting and drinking with him and shouting, Long live King Adonijah! But I myself, your servant, was not invited. Neither were Zadok the priest, Benaiah son of Jehoiada, nor Solomon. Has my lord really done this without letting any of his servants know who should be the next king? You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Call Bathsheba, David said. So she came back in and stood before the king. And the king vowed, As surely as the Lord lives, who has rescued me from every danger, Today I decree that your son Solomon will be the next king and will sit on my throne, just as I swore to you before the Lord, the God of Israel. Then Bathsheba bowed low before him again and exclaimed, May my lord King David live forever! Then King David ordered, Call Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah son of Jehoiada. When they came into the king's presence, the king said to them, Take Solomon and my officers down to Gihon Spring. Solomon is to ride on my personal mule. There Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet are to anoint him king over Israel. Then blow the trumpets and shout, Long live King Solomon! When you bring him back here, he will sit on my throne. He will succeed me as king, for I have appointed him to be ruler over Israel and Judah. Amen! Benaiah son of Jehoiada replied, May the Lord, the God of my lord the king, decree it to be so. And may the Lord be with Solomon as he has been with you, and may he make Solomon's reign even greater than yours. So Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah son of Jehoiada, and the king's bodyguard took Solomon down to Gihon Spring. And Solomon rode on King David's personal mule. There Zadok the priest took a flask of olive oil from the sacred tent and poured it on Solomon's head. Then the trumpets were blown, and all the people shouted, Long live King Solomon! And all the people returned with Solomon to Jerusalem, playing flutes and shouting for joy. 
The celebration was so joyous and noisy that the earth shook with the sound. Adonijah and his guests heard the celebrating and shouting just as they were finishing their banquet. When Joab heard the sound of trumpets, he asked, What's going on? Why is this city in such an uproar? And while he was still speaking, Jonathan, son of Abiathar the priest, arrived. Come in, Adonijah said to him, for you are a good man. You must have good news. Not at all, Jonathan replied. Our Lord King David has just declared Solomon king. The king sent him down to Gihon Spring with Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah son of Jehoiada, protected by the king's bodyguard. They had him ride on the king's own mule, and Zadok and Nathan have anointed him as the new king. They have just returned, and the whole city is celebrating and rejoicing. That's what all the noise is about. Moreover, Solomon is now sitting on the royal throne as king. All the royal officials went to King David and congratulated him, saying, May your God make Solomon's fame even greater than your own, and may Solomon's kingdom be even greater than yours. Then the king bowed his head in worship as he lay in his bed, and he spoke these words, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who today has chosen someone to sit on my throne while I am still alive to see it. Then all of Adonijah's guests jumped up in panic from the banquet table and quickly went their separate ways. Adonijah himself was afraid of Solomon, so he rushed to the sacred tent and caught hold of the horns of the altar. Word soon reached Solomon that Adonijah had seized the horns of the altar and that he was pleading, Let Solomon swear today that he will not kill me. Solomon replied, If he proves himself to be loyal, he will not be harmed. But if he does not, he will die. So King Solomon summoned Adonijah, and they brought him down from the altar. He came and bowed low before the king, and Solomon dismissed him, saying, Go on home. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. First Kings 2 As the time of King David's death approached, he gave this charge to his son Solomon. I am going where everyone on earth must someday go. Take courage and be a man. Observe the requirements of the Lord your God and follow all his ways. Keep each of the laws, commands, regulations, and stipulations written in the law of Moses so that you will be successful in all you do and wherever you go. If you do this, then the Lord will keep the promise he made to me. If your descendants live as they should and follow me faithfully with all their heart and soul, one of them will always sit on the throne of Israel. And there is something else. You know that Joab, son of Zeruiah, murdered my two army commanders, Abner, son of Ner, and Amasa, son of Jether. He pretended that it was an act of war, but it was done in a time of peace, staining his belt and sandals with the blood of war. Do with him what you think best, but don't let him die in peace. Be kind to the sons of Barzillai of Gilead. Make them permanent guests of the king, for they took care of me when I fled from your brother Absalom. And remember Shimei, son of Gerah, the man from Benjamin in Bahurim? He cursed me with a terrible curse as I was fleeing to Mahanaim. When he came down to meet me at the Jordan River, I swore by the Lord that I would not kill him. But that oath does not make him innocent. You are a wise man and you will know how to arrange a bloody death for him. Then David died and was buried in the city of David. He had reigned over Israel for forty years, seven of them in Hebron and thirty-three in Jerusalem. Solomon succeeded him as king, replacing his father David, and he was firmly established on the throne. One day Adonijah, whose mother was Haggith, came to see Bathsheba, Solomon's mother. 
Have you come to make trouble, she asked him. No, he said, I come in peace. In fact, I have a favor to ask of you. What is it, she asked. He replied, as you know, the kingdom was mine. Everyone expected me to be the next king. But the tables were turned and everything went to my brother instead, for that is the way the Lord wanted it. So now I have just one favor to ask of you. Please don't turn me down. What is it, she asked. He replied, speak to King Solomon on my behalf, for I know he will do anything you request. Ask him to give me Abishag, the girl from Shunem, as my wife. All right, Bathsheba replied, I will speak to the king for you. So Bathsheba went to King Solomon to speak on Adonijah's behalf. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. The king rose from his throne to meet her, and he bowed down before her. When he sat down on his throne again, he ordered that a throne be brought for his mother, and she sat at his right hand. I have one small request to make of you, she said. I hope you won't turn me down. What is it, my mother, he asked. You know I won't refuse you. Then let your brother Adonijah marry Abishag, the girl from Shunem, she replied. How can you possibly ask me to give Abishag to Adonijah, Solomon demanded. You might as well be asking me to give him the kingdom. You know that he is my older brother and that he has Abiathar the priest and Joab, son of Zeruiah, on his side. Then King Solomon swore solemnly by the Lord, May God strike me dead if Adonijah has not sealed his fate with this request. The Lord has confirmed me and placed me on the throne of my father David. He has established my dynasty as he promised. So as surely as the Lord lives, Adonijah will die this very day. So King Solomon ordered Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, to execute him. And Adonijah was put to death. Then the king said to Abiathar the priest, Go back to your home in Anathoth. You deserve to die, but I will not kill you now because you carried the ark of the sovereign Lord for my father, and you suffered right along with him through all his troubles. So Solomon deposed Abiathar from his position as priest of the Lord, thereby fulfilling the decree the Lord had made at Shiloh concerning the descendants of Eli. Although he had not followed Absalom earlier, Joab had also joined Adonijah's revolt. When Joab heard about Adonijah's death, he ran to the sacred tent of the Lord and caught hold of the horns of the altar. When news of this reached King Solomon, he sent Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, to execute him. Benaiah went into the sacred tent of the Lord and said to Joab, The king orders you to come out. But Joab answered, No, I will die here. So Benaiah returned to the king and told him what Joab had said. Do as he said, the king replied. Kill him there beside the altar and bury him. This will remove the guilt of his senseless murders from me and my father's family. Then the Lord will repay him for the murders of two men who were more righteous and better than he. For my father was no party to the deaths of Abner, son of Ner, commander of the army of Israel, and Amasa, son of Jether, commander of the army of Judah. May Joab and his descendants be forever guilty of these murders. And may the Lord grant peace to David and his descendants and to his throne forever. So Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, returned to the sacred tent and killed Joab. And Joab was buried at his home in the wilderness. Then the king appointed Benaiah to command the army in place of Joab, and he installed Zadok the priest to take the place of Abiathar. The king then sent for Shimei and told him, Build a house here in Jerusalem and live there, but don't step outside the city to go anywhere else. On the day you cross the Kidron Valley you will surely die. Your blood will be on your own head. Shimei replied, Your sentence is fair. 
I will do whatever my lord the king commands. So Shimei lived in Jerusalem for a long time. But three years later, two of Shimei's slaves escaped to King Achish of Gath. When Shimei learned where they were, he saddled his donkey and went to Gath to search for them. When he had found them, he took them back to Jerusalem. Solomon heard that Shimei had left Jerusalem and had gone to Gath and returned. So he sent for Shimei and demanded, Didn't I make you swear by the Lord and warn you not to go anywhere else, or you would surely die? And you replied, The sentence is fair. I will do as you say. Then why haven't you kept your oath to the Lord and obeyed my command? The king also said to Shimei, You surely remember all the wicked things you did to my father, King David. May the Lord punish you for them. But may I receive the Lord's rich blessings, and may one of David's descendants always sit on this throne. Then at the king's command, Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, took Shimei outside and killed him. So the kingdom was now firmly in Solomon's grip. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. First Kings 3 Solomon made an alliance with Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and married one of his daughters. He brought her to live in the city of David until he could finish building his palace and the temple of the Lord and the wall around the city. At that time, the people of Israel sacrificed their offerings at local altars, for a temple honoring the name of the Lord had not yet been built. Solomon loved the Lord and followed all the instructions of his father David, except that Solomon too offered sacrifices and burned incense at the local altars. The most important of these altars was at Gibeon, so the king went there and sacrificed 1,000 burnt offerings. That night the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream, and God said, What do you want? Ask, and I will give it to you. Solomon replied, You were wonderfully kind to my father David, because he was honest and true and faithful to you. And you have continued this great kindness to him today by giving him a son to succeed him. O Lord my God, now you have made me king instead of my father David, but I am like a little child who doesn't know his way around. And here I am among your own chosen people, a nation so great they are too numerous to count. Give me an understanding mind, so that I can govern your people well, and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern this great nation of yours? The Lord was pleased with Solomon's reply and was glad that he had asked for wisdom. So God replied, Because you have asked for wisdom in governing my people and have not asked for a long life or riches for yourself or the death of your enemies, I will give you what you asked for. I will give you a wise and understanding mind such as no one else has ever had or ever will have. And I will also give you what you did not ask for, riches and honor. No other king in all the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. And if you follow me and obey my commands as your father David did, I will give you a long life. Then Solomon woke up and realized it had been a dream. He returned to Jerusalem and stood before the Ark of the Lord's Covenant, where he sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings. Then he invited all his officials to a great banquet. End of reading 1 Kings 1, 1 through 3.15 Blessed is the man who walks in your favor, who loves all your words and hides them like treasure. In the darkest place, what a mess, right? What a mess. I can't quite get.
a handle. I'm trying to get a feel for what this is that's going on. I suppose, folks, it might be just politics, the the dirtiest, rottenest kind of power-grabbing, jealousy, competition for raw power. Maybe I don't have a lot of personal experience with this idea, but it just looks like as we're reading about David's death, he is about 70 years old at this time. His health has deteriorated. David has definitely been, as they say in West Texas, bred hard and put up wet. He has gone through an incredible life, every kind of difficulty and every kind of challenge. Now, Abishag, this young girl, is brought to serve as his nurse and to help him keep warm. This was not considered offensive in those times when polygamy was accepted and kings had harems. But, of course, this was not God's instructions and guidance. Adonijah was David's fourth son and the logical choice to succeed him as king. Remember, Amnon had been killed by Absalom. His second son, Daniel, is mentioned only in the genealogy of 1 Chronicles chapter 3, probably died early. And David's third son was Absalom, and he died in that rebellion. Remember, he was the one that killed Amnon, and then he was killed in that earlier rebellion. So Adonijah was expected to be the next king. And Adonijah himself expected, and therefore he decided to seize the throne without David's knowledge. He knew that Solomon, and not he, was David's first choice. This is why he didn't invite Solomon and David's loyal advisors when he declared himself king. But his deceptive plans to gain the throne were unsuccessful. This has to do, I think, with leadership and the idea of leadership being a servant role and the idea that God himself raises people up to be leaders. I suppose there's something about taking the initiative in a given moment to hear and trust the Lord, but other times to wait and just let God himself be the one who gives that confirmation. Now, Bathsheba, Solomon's mother, does take the initiative. She comes in and saves, really saves the throne for Solomon because they indeed would have been killed in all likelihood because of the political dangers, the competition and the desire for power for the throne of of Israel. David had never interfered by opposing or even questioning his son Adonijah. Maybe Adonijah didn't know how to work within the limits. Maybe this was another example of some extremely poor parenting on the part of David. Anyway, the result was that he always wanted his own way, regardless of how it affected others, and Adonijah did whatever he wanted to do and paid no respect to God's wishes. An undisciplined child can look cute, but an undisciplined adult destroys himself and others. And so one thing we can learn is we set limits for our children. We make it possible for them to develop restraint and self-discipline. Well, I was looking at these opening passages, and it seems more like a scene from The Godfather or some kind of a mobster transition of power than it does the orderly transition of power from one reigning king to another. I suspect that it was more like that. And, of course, in our day and age, we don't see that so much, and it's a little difficult to get into. But Solomon does make his way in a very rocky, uh, stormy way, makes his way to the throne. He establishes his power. He eliminates his enemies, as his father David had told him to do. And he receives a wise and understanding heart from God. He needs to apply that not only to the nation, but to his own family life. And it's just very interesting to see how things function and how we should function under God's leadership in our life. The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Soapy reads from the New Living Translation by Kindle House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America 
and your prayers and financial support are needed, please mail your tax-deductible gift to the Bible Live Post Office Box 18888. That's the Bible Live P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Now, don't forget, join us each weekday at this time and on this station for the Bible Live with Soapy Dollars. Start today, and in one year's time, we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's word.